Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of She Coaches Coaches. I have a special guest with me today. She is one of my clients, and her name is Shoana Dos Santos. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Cosign. It is a coaching and consulting practice that invigorates hope and possibility through personal and organizational transformation for social change. She coaches people to live and work to their fullest potential in ways that align with their values. Additionally, she and her partner partner with organizations to create diversity, equity, and inclusion plans of action, including co-creative, strategic planning, and equitable policy advising at any stage of a group's journey. So that's her official bio. But for those of you who know my podcast, you guys also know that I love to talk just a little bit about the individual. And I want you to know that she is a woman of deep understanding. And she leans so far into her places of discomfort as she grows. She doesn't shirk away from any uncomfortable emotion. She has true courage and she really embodies what it is to be a coach. That is her gift. She connects with her clients deeply and she is deeply human. And I'm honored to have worked with her as well. Shawana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Candy. And that is such a lovely intro. I think I'm going to stop your intro for mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. Listen, I do this all the time. And often, you know, like we worked together for many months, right? And I know that you've graduated and we'll go on to a, a, you know, a next part of our um, relationship. But I want you to know what I see in you too. And so when I get to say it publicly like that for the, you know, my clients who actually become guests on the show, I just really want you to know that that was from my heart and that I so appreciate you very, very much. Thank you. I so appreciate you too. And that is why I chose you as my coach. 
(laughs) Let's dive into it. You have such a varied background. Can you tell us a little bit, like, how did you come to the world of coaching? What's a part of your journey? Um, I feel like many other coaches, the the journey is no linear and it starts with a lot of questions and a lot of like, what are we doing with our life? So um, early on in my career, I was a community organizer um, fighting uh, for um, social justice, really, like in our the, the work that I was doing was specifically rooted in racial justice community organizing. So I was in that space. I was a nonprofit executive. Um, and I did a lot of work related to um, how do we change systems? What are the policies and practices that need to change? And uh, I entered the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the more that I did this work, the more that I was like, there's something missing here. There's something missing. We can change all the systems, but if we don't do the internal work, if we don't change our values, um, the systems are going to continue to perpetuate the things that we want to change. We're just going to call on something different. And don't get me wrong, the policy change work and systems change work is super important. And I'm very aligned with that as part of my consulting practice. But I also wanted to make sure that I was doing something that got to the values change work and how do we change ourselves so that we can change the world. And so I embarked on a journey of self-exploration <laughs> because my body was like, we're going to do this differently. We cannot continue moving in this direction. And as part of that exploration, I realized that I really, really enjoy having deep, vulnerable conversations that lead to healing and growth. And that growth is hopefully in line with personal transformation for social change. So that is how I got here. <laughs> wow. So that's a lot. So starting at the organizational level mm-hmm. and looking at it from the organizational, the system approach, mm-hmm. the policy approach. But was it like, it, you know, when I think of like levels of things, mm-hmm. it's like that the level was a little bit too far up the hill. You need to start farther down the hill, start at the beginning of the path instead of midway through the path before you can really affect that change. And I think that that's the, I think that's the interesting thing, right? Like there are so many people right now where we talk about justice. We talk about all these changes that are so needed in our systems and our countries and our organizations and in ourselves, but to have the courage to then explore and to look at your own way of being, your own way of thinking, you know, your own assumptions. What was the, what was the most surprising thing for you in your personal exploration? What did you find? Oh, so, so many things. <laughs> um, but I think that one of the things that that struck me most and really how it connects with coaching is that I was really scared of saying things that were my truth. Uh, I was ashamed. I was scared that it would have ripple effects. Uh, if I said I'm a public, um, that they would come back and like harm me in, in many ways. And But I never said them. I never processed them. I could not let them go and figure out, okay, what can I do now? Uh, because I was stuck in this place. And 
And what I think what was really key is that and where coaching is, is really important is that it's not only about like acknowledging and letting go, but it's also like, how do we build a plan mm. after we let that go? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think makes a difference with like therapy, right? Like therapy is like, okay, we're just going to process and then we're going to stop. Right. And with coaching is like, we're going to acknowledge and let go. And then we're going to start that plan. And that, and, and that to me was, was such a magical thing to be like, okay, we can acknowledge anything that we're scared of saying out loud that has to do with how we change our systems, the how we feel within our systems. They might be like, how we see ourselves reflecting in society or, um, you know, like the, the, the pain or privilege, the oppression that the systems can give us or social identities, all these things. Uh, and, and once we acknowledge that, we can move past it and figure out what role we want to have in that. So one of the things that you said was about feeling embarrassed, feeling shame about, you know, not actually voicing some of these thoughts. And I think that that's key to probably what you bring to your coaching with your clients as well, is to create that safe space where things can be acknowledged. Do you do anything specific to make it a safe place for them to land and to show up and to express? Um. I wouldn't say that it's anything special, but I think that what I do is I am very open and say, we are going to talk about how systems of advantage and oppression affect your goals, affect your, the growth that you wanna that you wanna bring into your life. We're gonna talk about how your social identities impact. We're gonna name it. We're going to like just inform our sessions through that lens and we're going to do whatever we need, we need to do, right? Like we might be talking about like, I don't know, like a career change or like, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but we're going to be like, okay, as a person with these social identities, these are the things that we need to keep in mind. These are the systems that we're working with and how do we take them into account so that we can work towards your goal? So just a sec, there was something that you said. So you said that you don't do anything special about creating safety. And I don't think that's quite true because showing, I have a phrase that says coach goes first. You know, the coach does the work first in that courageous way, shows up willing to do the uncomfortable, willing to grow, willing to stretch. And that paves the way for the client to feel Mm -hmm. safe. And there is something specific about how you approach these uncomfortable parts of the conversation and uncomfortable areas is that you go all in with it. It's like there is a, there is an aspect of glee, I would say, like, it's going to be so uncomfortable. It's going to be great. Like <laughs> Most of us, we say it's going to be so uncomfortable. Oh, no. And we, you know, we pull away, but you don't. You mm-hmm. push in, right? Like you mm-hmm. welcome. And literally, it's almost with glee. So, you know, for those of you that are listening to the audio, you can hear it in our voice. If you're watching the video, you're going to see it as well. But there is something about this oh, this is going to be so exciting. 
not because of the discomfort, but because of what's going to happen because we face these things, we acknowledge these things, we look at all of the aspects, right? And I think that is something special that you do. I don't think that that's all that common. So I just want to put that put that here. <laughs> and so for the listeners, so many of the people listening to this show were all different ethnicities, all different colors, all different backgrounds. And so, you know, this is the work, right? Like it's not, you know, we have to be aware of these systems of privilege and systems of oppression that we're working within. And really, it's only been, I don't know, would you say within the last five or 10 years that these things have, you know, really become part of our common conversation, but they're so valuable for how people can grow. So talk me through this next part. You come with this glee <laughs> to the place where we're going to talk about the uncomfortable stuff. But then I know that you really dive deep into their values, into their purpose, and then the what's next for them. How does that work? Talk to me about that. Yes, I, um, my coaching school is, um, is based on transpersonal psychology. Uh, so we look at not only like our present material aspect, but how is that connected with our higher self and our greater purpose? Um, and, and, and that school is called, um, it, it's the branch of psychothesis. And with that, we have a, a, a cycle that we call like the act of will. And so through that, we think about, we, we grant ourselves on what is the purpose of whatever it is that we want to do, like it's a life purpose, or it is like, you know, the purpose of like what you're going to do in the next two hours or whatever we're talking about. Uh, right, we look at like, what are the multiple possibilities for us to experience that purpose, right? To live in that purpose. And then we choose one and, and we test it out, right? And this is one of the beautiful things that I have learned uh, to practice uh, with you, Candy. It's like, let's just test it out and see what happens. And then we can adjust and change. Uh, and it's a beautiful area process. And, and once we choose that, we... We look for ways to affirm that choice, to affirm that purpose. We set up a plan of action. Uh, and sometimes that is like one action item. Sometimes it could be a whole work plan, whatever works for you. Uh, and then we celebrate the manifestation of that purpose. And, and what I find is that usually folks come in with like the thing that they think they want to work on. And then it's like, there's like the thing behind the thing that they really wanted to do. And that is the true purpose of our work together. Uh, and it's just so beautiful to be in that space with folks. Ah, oh, that's so great. And so this brings me to the next piece is that I know that you're very intent on cycles, you know, and, and looking at our life in a different way. Can you talk a little bit more about this, the cycles that are present? Yes, I believe that cycles are are really what make up our life, our universe, right? Like a cycle is, is, is a sequence of recurrent events or processes that repeat in the same order and, and have a pattern, right? And so when we slow down and take a look at the cycles that we that we engage in, the the, the nature-based ones and, and the social uh, the social constructive ones, we can figure out like which part of the cycles we thrive in which part of the cycles are, are challenging for us that we might need some support and we can figure out how to structure life in alignment with our cycles instead of 
um, working against them. So for example, if you are a night person and you really, really push yourself to do things in the morning when like your brain really functions at night, you're really doing a disservice to yourself because your brain, you're, you're just, that's just not how your body works, right? And the same thing for like a morning person. If you're a morning person who wants to stay up late and like do things- It's not happening. Up, it's not <laughs> happening, right? Uh, so in, in, in the way that I do coaching, we really pay attention to the cycles as a grounding piece to figure out how to bring that thing that they want to bring in, in, into their life in alignment with their natural cycles, their, their societal cycles, and even question, like, are these cycles working? Or do they need to be interrupted? Do they need to change? Um, and really kind of take it from there and, and, and match it with the purpose. And so one of the things that I like about this um, reminder about cycles is that when you start looking for them, you see them everywhere, right? So you've got the cycle of breathing, you've got the cycle of blood flowing through your body, you've got the cycle of your hormones, the cycle of the sun rising and setting and the moon, you know, the cycle of the moon as it goes from new moon to full moon. You've got the cycle of tides, you've got the cycle of the earth turning on its axis everything that we that is part of sort of our human nature and the nature around us there is this feeling of cycle and yet within our culture we have this linear mechanistic approach and i think that that is a really interesting um i don't know what the word is and it's sort of an interesting thing to consider is that you know, how many times do you push this linear approach? You know, you just keep on keeping on, even though maybe this is a cycle of time of your life where a nap would be good, you know, like as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Or it's the time when it's time to go all out, like you've got the energy, go and make it happen. And so how, do, like, I can see the value in recognizing cycles and including them in coaching so that our people start to think about themselves in that way. Do you have any specific tips about how you might introduce somebody to cycles or how they consider it? Yes, I, I think, like, um, the first thing to to do is to kind of Start to observe, right? Start to observe when do you feel at your best or when do you have most energy? When do you feel I can do this? Right. Um, and when do you feel like, oh gosh, I am just, this is not functioning. I am just so tired. Um, and start to notice if there's a pattern there, right? Um, start to notice like something as simple as like, do you get, are you most excited in the morning? Or are you most excited at night? Right? Are you most excited at the beginning of an engagement? Let's say a meeting. Are you most excited at the beginning of the meeting? Maybe like you're a person who likes to start things and gets really excited. Or maybe you're a person who dreads beginnings and like really enjoys the middle or the end. And that is your joy, right? And so start noticing like where do you where are you at your best? Where do you enjoy more? Um and keep track for it, maybe a week maybe a day, right? Um, and journal about it and see what happens. 
Right. So being aware, just noticing, and that's, you know, that's so key with Mm -hmm. everything to do with coaching, right? Is self-awareness. That's kind of always where it starts. So be aware of how, what's going on for you when you feel energized, when you don't journal on it to get some clarity around it. And then once you know that these are your cycles for activity or, you know, good thinking or a cycle for more rest, then somehow we try to integrate it with the purpose that we've discovered and the actions that we've chosen to take to further that purpose. The place that I always struggle myself is impatience. So I'm like, well, I know I'm a morning person, but if I really want to get something done, I know that I'll continue to push long after my energy has dropped. Mm -hmm. So have you experienced that with clients? Are you, you know, are you seeing that? And how do you, how do you guide them? Um, I think that the, the first thing we, we do is we experiment, right? And we're like, okay, let's just try it out. Let's just try it out and see. I had, um, I had a few clients this past winter who, um, who were very um, concerned about the winter and having the winter blues and like, you know, and having to push when it was gloomy. And and one of the things we we talked about was like, what if you decide that the winter is a time of hibernation and just hibernate. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do anything, but maybe you don't push yourself. Maybe you allow yourself to take that nap. Maybe Mm. you do some more of like the maintenance work uh, that you might have to do. Maybe you don't decide to start the year when you're your resolutions, right? Uh, And see what happens. And let me tell you that folks like months after, right, right, uh, the the New Year's, they were like, that was one of the most radical and amazing things that I experienced. Um, that was, I did not feel the winter blues as much. I allowed myself to be in the cycle of nature, the cycle of rest during the winter. And that had a really big impact on folks because then they were energized when spring came. Mm. Uh, and they were like, okay, I can start thinking about what I want to do in, in this different way. And, and it was really wonderful. So experimentation, I think, and trying it out and seeing what happens is, is one of the ways that we work through coaching. Um, yeah. And, and basically proving it to yourself. You know, here's an idea. I have some awareness. I journal about it. And then I get curious and I experiment mm-hmm. and then see, mm-hmm. see what happens. I love that. Mm. So, so many things we've talked about. Is there anything else about cycles that you want to add to the conversation? Um, I would say that um, honoring cycles is so key to our human experience because it allows us to, to work with them and create roadmaps that are in alignment with our values, with our flow, with the way that we work best and we can actually get more done. (laughs) Um, So that's the counterintuitive piece, right? mm -hmm. We think that by honoring our cycles, we'll do less. But in Mm -hmm. fact, what if it means that you actually accomplish more 
more easily. Not that it's without effort, but with ease as opposed to pushing all the time. I wonder what the result on, you know, like in our quality of life, I wonder how the quality of our life would change by honoring our cycles. What do you think? I think that we'll live a more meaningful and purposeful life and a more joyful life. Mm. Um, Not that it's not going to be challenging, not that it's not going to have gloomy days and, (laughs) and all the things, but it's, there's, I believe that when we live in alignment with our cycles, we're like, this is worth it. We're satisfied with the life that we lead. And mm. I'm here for the ride. Yeah, that's everything, right? To be satisfied, mm-hmm. to be satisfied and fulfilled and have meaning. Ah, that's mm-hmm. so wonderful. Wow, we've really covered everything from A to Z. So, Shoanna, there are people who want to find out more about you. Where can they find out more about you? Where can they connect with you? Um, probably the easiest way is my website is cosign.com is co-syn.com. Um, and you can also email me at joanna at co-syn.com. Joanna at cosign.com. And I'll make sure to put those things in the episode notes as well. So I would encourage any of the listeners, if you find yourself curiosity just peaked with this conversation, click through and go and check everything out that she's doing. It's some amazing work. And I really think that really think that this is moving our path of humanity forward. You know, so many people are tired and drained. And, you know, for us as coaches, we need to watch our energy and take good care of ourselves. But also, this might just be the extra thing that you need to support your clients in living their most meaningful life, too. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.